the Links and Locks podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Four. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Links and Locks podcast, the DFS edition. I'm Jason Sobel from Golf Bet. He is my pal, Len Hochberg, from Roto-Wire, and we're about to break down the John Deere Classic. And, Len, what's going on? Hope you're doing well. And um, we're going to have to get deep into the weeds this week, I have a feeling, because uh, the star-studded events that we've had over the last couple of weeks, months, not exactly this week. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I have an affection for the John Deere, maybe more this year because of in light of what else is going on this week. Um, you know, they deserve, they're really the little engine that could of the PGA Tour. This, this tournament's been around 50 years with weak field after weak field. The people of the Quad Cities, they just come out year after year. They just want their golf. They love their golf. It's it's really one of the, it, one of the great uh little stories of the PGA tour. It's not masters. It's not Riviera. It's not any of that, but you know, it's just um, part of the soul of the PGA tour. But um, that said, the field is field is they usually get a few top fifties in the world rankings. I don't think they have any this year. So um, good luck to us uh, on this conversation. Yeah, of course. Hey, look, Len, this is why we have betting. This is why we have DFS. Maybe not why, but it's a good thing we do because Quite frankly, if this was 10 years ago and there wasn't a whole lot of either that was legal and, and out there, we'd say, all right, well, guess I'm not really paying much attention to golf this week. But because we have these things, hey, let's dive all in and really try to help the people where uh, I think on other weeks, last week, you could have said, hey, I really like Xander. I really like Cantley. I really like Rory. And you could have said, okay, I, I know that much without needing to listen to a podcast and hear what these guys have to say this week. I think the folks out there are going to need a little help, and we are here to try to help them. So let's go uh, straight down the list this week. And like I said, it gets ugly in a hurry, but we're going to help you out with some picks. And again, you've got to kind of keep in mind sort of the comparative aspect of, oh my gosh, I'm not paying 9800 for so-and-so. He was 7200 a couple of weeks ago. It's all relative, and the field is... Uh, indeed different this week so usually we talk about the guys in the five figures I'm going to go all the way down in the first tier to the guys uh, in the nines as well so we've got Webb Simpson at 10-6 Daniel Berger a late withdrawal from the tournament that one hurts he was their one top 50 player he's not there Adam Hadwin 10-4 Sahith Figala after his title contention shoulda woulda coulda won the Travelers Championship he's at 10-1 Jason Day at 10,000 that's going to be very interesting to see Jason Day's ownership this week. I won't have too much of him. Going down into the nines, Danny McCarthy, Matt McNeely, Charles Howell, Christian Bezadenhut, and Scott Stallings. Ah, Scott Stallings at 8,900. All right, cuts off at Bezadenhut. All right, Len, let me hear it. What are you thinking? Yeah, you know, normally I, I try and, when I write my Rotowire article, I try and put guys in all price points and give people at least a selection uh, four at the top four 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 groups of four I'm really having a hard time I'm not going to have four upper 10,000 or 9,000 guys there uh, it's just um, too much uncertainty and I, I think there's just too much opportunity for um, 
you know, uh, for, too wide open for other guys to win. First of all, in a birdie fest, even despite the field, anytime there's a birdie fest, it opens it up to a lot more guys. When the course is tougher, we really see the better guys really there in the mix. But here, anybody can get hot with the putter and take off, and it's but just more of a, a long shot fest. That said, I kind of like Adam Hadwin at 10-4. He's playing pretty well. He's one of the highest-ranked guys in the field. He's coming off um, seventh at the U.S. Open. He was top 20 at the Memorial. You know, one other thing that I want to throw out there early is that these guys, a lot of these guys are playing to get into the Open Championship. There are three spots open for guys who are already not exempt if they finish in the top 10. Webb Simpson, while Webb Simpson is in this tournament and no doubt will try and win, he's already in the Open Championship. Adam Hadwin has even more to play for. I like him. And and, and going down a little bit, I'm going to stay away from Tagala. I, you know. What a heartbreaking, tough break for him. I like Denny McCarthy a bit. I like Maverick McNeely, maybe the best of the bunch. Oh, wow. Has not been playing his best golf lately, so you might be able to get him at depressed ownership just a little bit. I don't love the guys in the top tier. Less about who they are and more about because this field goes so deep down the priority list that you look at the guys in the 6,000s and there aren't a whole lot of guys to – throw in there. So if you want to play, let's say a Webb Simpson at 10-6 or an Adam Hadwin at 10-4, you're going to have to find some cheaper players. I look down that list and there aren't a whole lot of guys, you know, where we get to the journeymen, the guys who have been around for a while, the guys who have not played many PGA Tour events. And you go, which one do I really want to throw in my lineup to offset the expensive anchor at the top? And there aren't too many of them. So I like Webb Simpson. I like Adam Hadwin. I like Denny McCarthy. I actually like McCarthy a lot this week after missing the cut last week in Connecticut. I think those are those are all fine plays. You're just going to have to scramble around later and try mm-hmm. to find some cheaper players to offset them. Maybe my favorite play in this range, and usually if I'm picking a guy in the top tier, it's because I think he has a lot of win equity, and I think that he has a high ceiling. This week I'm looking at this tier and saying, look, anyone – I mean, Webb Simpson – Adam Hadwin can miss the cut this week. I, I don't see a sure thing in Absolutely. the mix. And so I'm looking for a guy near the top with a high floor. I think Charles Howell III has that high floor. I believe he's made the cut in 12 of 13 starts at this event. He's made a lot of cuts recently. And so I think Howell is a really smart play this week as far as let's get my anchor there. Let me just get the guy in the lineup now, and then I can build around him with some pieces that are uh, maybe a little more volatile somewhere else. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Anyone in this field can miss the cut. Um, there's no, I mean, there's never a sure thing, but I think even even more so this week. Yeah, Howell certainly is a good option to make the cut. It almost seems like he uh, sacrifices upside to get to Saturday. And, you know, everyone makes their own call how they want to do their job and play their tournament and everything. But uh, yeah, I think, you know, if you want him to make the cut, but, he, but again, he's 9,300 this week. That's a lot to pay for. Well, we got to Saturday. So fascinating a process this week. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be weird. I, Len, I think you're going to see lineups cashing and winning big contests with 2,000 left on the table. I think you're going to see maybe teams with five out of six making the weekend that are big caches this week. I just think it's going to be a weird week. I think that whatever, you, whatever you're thinking going in, you're going to have to change that way of thinking once we get into it. All right, let's look at the 8,000s and – you're probably going to want to target at least a few guys in this range. 
Scott Stallings starts it out with 8,900. Patrick Rogers, Nick Hardy, Adam Long, Brendan Todd, Cam Davis, Lucas Glover, Lonto Griffin, C.T. Pan, Cameron Champ, and J.T. Poston. I don't see a ton that I love. What about you? Yeah, I'm going to go more here because I'm going less up top. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's hard to look at any one guy and go, yeah, I really like him. But I'm looking at who I like best. And Scott Stallings at 8,900, he's been an all-or-nothing guy this year. He misses a bunch of cuts, but when he makes the cut, he's had some very good finishes. He was eighth last week at the Travelers. His big thing is accuracy off the tee. That's not going to be a problem. That's, we didn't discuss it at the top, but you can just let fly off the tee. Some of the widest fairways in golf. And you can really just hit it as far as you want. It's not an overly long course. There's not a lot of defense here. If there's one thing, the greens are not super large. They're about 5,500 square feet. So I think we're going to see a lot of attacking and uh, guys who can really get the, you know, go for it on, on birdies. And I think Scott Stallings, who's been a pretty good putter this year, can do that. Nick Hardy, an interesting guy. He's like big yeah. man on campus this week. Uh, <laughs> He's a local guy. He's got an interview session tomorrow. And uh, I had a look when I saw that. I go, why do they want Nick Hardy? Well, he's an Illinois guy. Oh. Um, so he'll be there. You know, he's played great the last two weeks, uh, including the U.S. Open and the Travelers. It's whether he can handle the local pressure. Brendan Todd, you know, I love Brendan Todd every week. He let us down last week. Um, and uh, those are the three guys, but uh, I'll throw other two names, Cam Davis and Lanto Griffin, I'm considering as well. We had a nice lineup going for a while last week, Len, and uh, Brendan Todd was the one guy that I think he only missed the cut by a stroke. And if Brendan Todd makes it, you and I are looking pretty good with the lineup that we made on the pod last week. One of the funny things about Twitter is when people get really excited at 9 a.m. on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you can't, as I tweet, you can't get excited Thursday. You can't get, it's hard to get excited Friday or even Saturday and sometimes even Saturday morning. It's amazing how those things can change and your, your position in those DraftKings games can change. I tell everyone all the time, Len, look, I, I love betting. I love playing DFS. I'm doing both on a regular basis. The betting to me is like, okay, you pick a few guys as outrights. And if you have a sweat on Sunday, man, there's nothing like a sweat where you've got a nice little outright bet on a guy who has a chance of winning. But the DFS part of it, because you're absolutely right. At 9 o'clock on Thursday morning, it means absolutely nothing for a four-round team. And yet, you know what I'm doing at 9 o'clock every Thursday morning? Yep. I'm hitting refresh and staring at my lineups and looking to see how much money I'm making. Why? Because it's that much fun. And, I, I mean, I'm telling you, uh, over the course of a four-round event, I am probably looking at my DFS – Bottom line total, I don't know, 723 times. I, I mean, I'm just like, I'm obsessed with looking at it. I understand that until Sunday afternoon, it really doesn't mean a whole lot. But it's fun to look at. It's more fun to look at a DFS bottom line and, ooh, this lineup has a chance, that lineup has a chance, quite frankly, than it is to just look at one player on the board and go, well, I put a bet on him, hope I win. Yeah, Thursday morning where we were planning first class tickets to Hawaii and uh, with our with our winnings and by by, the, by Sunday night yeah. we're uh, going out to dinner maybe. I, let me tell you, I that was midday Friday. Okay, give me a little credit. I didn't send you the Thursday morning text. I sent you the the Friday. Oh, yeah, no, you texted me. You got me looking. You got me interested. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I said, if hey, if Brendan Todd gets something going, we might have a chance. So. 
and, and also I'll point out, Todd was your pick on the pod last week, not mine. I just wanted to <laughs> clarify. Uh, in the 8,000, I'm going to go with three guys who all have Midwest ties being in the Midwest this week. And maybe that's just a coincidence, but Patrick Rogers playing some really nice golf right now. Mm-hmm. The only little caveat here is that he withdrew prior to the Travelers Championship. I'm pretty sure he was just beat from playing the U.S. Open, made the cut, finished in 35th, was actually in contention for a little while there. So I'm, I'm guessing, until we hear otherwise, that Rogers just wanted a week off to rest and relax and that he's ready to go and he's not dealing with any sort of injury this week. If that is the case, then I do like him a lot. Nick Hardy, you mentioned, playing some great golf right now. Never would have thought I'd be mentioning Nick Hardy at 8,700 in a PGA Tour event this soon, but here we are. And Adam Long's playing some really nice golf right now as well. He's 8,600 right below those guys. He's a Midwest guy as well. All right. In the 7,700, it starts with Ches Reeve and Kevin Strillman, a couple guys I don't mind. Uh, let's go down those 7,000s. I, I see a lot of value here. What do you like? Yeah. You know, I was looking at Adam Schenk at 7,700, and I think he's going to be a very popular pick this week. I'm not so sure where I am on him. He was like fourth and sixth uh, right. the last two editions of the deer. So, okay. But I also looked his his birdie numbers, he was, a you know, you one of the things I'm looking at, birdie average, birdie or better, um, much better those years than this year. So something has changed. He's still playing well, but um, I, I can see him getting in there somewhere. I'm a little surprised to see Steve Stricker at 7,400. I'm hoping all the other guys below 7,400 aren't looking to see that Steve Stricker is priced more than them this week. That would really hurt my feelings if I were one of those uh, golfers. But right below him, my guy, Tyler Duncan, 7,300. We didn't have him in the lineup last week, but we talked about him. He made the cut again. I like him again this week. I'm going to play him in my lineups. Let's see. He was um, 6,400 a year ago. So there's your sticker shocks, $900 more. Top 50 on tour, greens and regulation and strokes gain tee to green. In this field, that would qualify you for the Golf Hall of Fame. <laughs> And uh, he would, and he's had some good years here, 12th in 2018, 26th in 2019. Uh, Chris got her up at 7,300. I'm going to keep playing that guy because there's just so much upside. He's making cuts. He's only $7,300. He could burst on and, and, and win a tournament, and I don't think anyone would be terribly surprised. And I'm going to go all the way down to 7,000 even with two other guys, Chad Ramey and Austin Smotherman. You know, you look at them and you go, they're not very good, but it's all relative in this field. Yes, it is. All right, I want to go back to one name that you mentioned in there at the beginning. Were you besmirching the good name of our Ryder Cup captain from last year, Steve Stricker? I would No, I was besmirching everyone else. Uh, okay. else. I, it felt like a little insult to Steve that you were insulting the players below him that weren't as much as him. Um, you know, I mean, I'm, he's coming off a runner-up, right? So... Uh, 65 yesterday at the U.S. Senior Open, which was not easy. Might have been playing tougher than this is this week. You know, he'll get a lot of play. People will play him. You know, people will play him and they'll want to root for him. And, you know, if I see him on Sunday, it's going to be hard not to root for him. I will be one of those people. He's my favorite play on the board this week. I absolutely love Steve Stricker. Like I said, runner up last week. He's 55 years old. The oldest PGA Tour winner was 52, Sam Snead. Back in 1962, 65 in Greensboro. And so I really like everything about Stricker this week. He's going to look around at this field this week and go, I, look, 
There's no superstars. I can beat these guys. I don't need to hit it 320 off the tee. And so I really think he's going to give this thing a good run. Other guys in the 7,000s, Ches Reavy has that nice little intersection of form and course history that we usually look at. I like that. Adam Shank, I'm kind of with you. I, I think he's going to be – the ownership percentage is going to be too high this week based on what we know about him. I think he's, he's a good player. I think he can have a good week. I think a lot of people are going to go, ah, oh, he was fourth last year and sixth the year before that. I'm all over Adam Shank, and I just I, I don't want to go all in that much on him. But yeah, I, I think he's a nice play. I'm surprised you didn't mention Martin Laird coming off a nice finish last week. Mm. He's usually one of your guys. I, I like him a little bit. David Lipsky is a guy I mentioned a lot. Mark Hubbard has had a very nice, consistent year. I talked about Charles Howell the third being my upper tier floor play. I think Mark Hubbard is my lower tier floor mm. play. I, he just he seems to make the cut. Whatever week he's playing, whatever tour he's playing on, he is up there. Kazire's not a bad idea. I'm with you on Gotterup. I like him a lot as well this week. And I don't know if you want to take a shot on a Sam Ryder with a high ceiling, low floor. Ryan Armour with a low ceiling, high floor. One of those guys could pay off. So uh, those are the 7,000s right there. Oh, boy. Buckle up. Because now we're going down to the 6,000s. There ain't a whole lot to like here, Len. I, I know you usually like to pick out a couple of really cheap guys. I'm not sure. I'm going to challenge you. I'm not sure you can do it this week. Well, I, you know, I've done my research, and I actually had to put in a little extra time here. I'm going to ask for a little extra from Rotowire to find 6000 put that in the, uh, in the line uh, budget, uh, spent extra time looking for $6,000 guys, John Deere Classic, uh, over time and a half, uh, please. Um, I have four, and I'm not necessarily <laughs> advocating all four, but I will throw them out there. Vaughn Taylor at 6,800. He's played this tournament. This will be his 15th time at the at the John Deere. I don't know if that's good or bad to say that you've come to this tournament every year. You usually like to graduate out of it, um, but he makes the cut. He's made the cut 10 out of uh, 14 years so far. Um, he was sixth in 2019. You know, not having the best year, but he's making most of his cuts. And here, here basically, I'm talking about guys to make the cut. Vince Whaley, 6,600. Uh, again, he misses more cuts than he's made, but when he makes them, he has some good finishes. He was 25th at the Nelson, 30th at top 30 at the Valero. You know, he is 25th on tour in birdie average, Vince, Vince Whaley. So that tells me he's going to make a lot of birdies, and normally he'll make a lot of bogeys, and maybe there'll be fewer bogeys this week. Jim Knauss, I think I finally have pronounced that correctly, at 6,300. Great short game. You know, I'm going to go all the way down. I want to just talk about this guy. I don't, not saying play him, but Martin Trainer at $6,000. I don't know why he's 6,000. There are about 75 guys in this field with a worse world ranking than Martin Trainer. I'm just saying he should not be priced 6,000. I'm not saying play him. I'm just saying... Why is he so low at the at the very bottom? Um, you know, he makes about half his cuts. It's not like he's made three of 18 this year. And this is going to be one of the weakest field he's been. He's just outside the top 125 in the FedEx. He just should be 64, maybe even 65 in this field. He's ninth on tour in putting. That will give you a puncher's chance any week. Yeah, big hitter and ninth on tour at putting. I even if it doesn't happen this week, at some point we're going to see some more Martin Trainer playing well. All right, I've got a few names that I've written down here for the 6,000s. Again, 
kind of like you. I'm not all in on any of these guys, but I think they should have some value. Hayden Buckley at 6,900. He's either really good or he's really not very good. And so you're playing for the potential, but you know that, um, you know, when he's not playing his best, it can be pretty bad. I, I do think being against an inferior field will help him this week. Callum Tarrin, we watched him at the U.S. Mm. Open a few weeks ago. Uh, kid looks like a, a, a really solid player. And so I wonder if that being in contention for a few days at that event is going to at least give him a little more confidence moving forward. Uh, Robert Streb, one of my favorite dudes out there. Last week, I was doing my radio show from the 15th tee box at TPC River Highlands on Wednesday during the Pro-Am. Robert Streb walked over. He had two slices of pizza, so he gave me one. It wasn't because... With a little quick pro quo one. here, uh, like you give me pizza, I'll put you in my lineup. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, you know what? I want to win with some nice guys. They say nice guys finish last. He's not going to finish last this week. I, I, I can guarantee that. He won't finish last. Might not finish first. He's not going to finish last. That's You give me a pizza, you get on the team. So I, I like Robert Streb. And if we want to get super cheap, I can get a little Austin Cook and Patrick Flavin, the guy who keeps Mondaying into events. He actually got a sponsor's exemption this week. He's a local kid. Yeah, that's. I'm not going too much beyond that. I mean, I, quite honestly, if I can make a bunch of lineups and not have anyone in the 6,000s, I'd probably be pretty happy with it. All right, let's get to our lineup for this week. Want to be a DFS millionaire? You're just one lineup away. We're going to go nose to nose with him, and you're going to play better than you ever dreamed of. Because, God damn it, that's what I demand of you. So let's get drafting. Len, we need six out of six. We need four guys that finish in the top ten, and we need to win big money. All right, start us off. Well, it's too late for this week, but I will make an announcement here to any PGA Tour player listening. If you want to send me pizza to <laughs> uh, on location or my home or anywhere, we will consider you, and I would consider you for the Scottish Open, the 3M, the Wyndham, maybe all of them. We'll get you in all. It depends on how big the pie is, and, and we'll go from there. But anyway, I think we're going to try and avoid the sixes, so I'm going to try and avoid the top guys and and yeah i could dance around my guy brendan todd but you know let's just get it there and get him out there i'm going to put him in a lot of lineups he's eighty five hundred dollars does not have a very good record at this event he had never made the cut until last year i believe he finished tied for 18th last year but until then i think he missed five or six cuts in a row to start his john deere classic career so let's hope he's got it all figured out and he now hmm. likes this course a little better than he did before. I've got a guy who likes this course a lot. He won here in 2009, and then 2010, and then 2011. I, I'm not sure we've seen a three-beat since then. I, I would have to – that's a good one. I, I got my buddy Justin Ray on the case for that one, or maybe ask the PGA Tour. But I, I believe Steve Stricker might be the last back-to-back-to-back, -to -back -to -back, last three-peater that we've seen on the PGA Tour. We've got a lot of repeaters, not too many three-peaters. Again, I mentioned it earlier, he's coming off a final round 65 at the U.S. Senior Open. I spoke with Padraig Harrington, who beat him by one uh, just earlier today, and Padraig told me, look, this course was playing as tough as a regular U.S. Open, at least the kind of U.S. Open that he was playing in the prime of his career. And he said, if you can play well at this one, you're going to play well anywhere. I like Steve Stricker for a ton of reasons this week. And maybe the most important one for DFS 
is the fact that he's only 7,400. What a price. Yeah. What a story would be. It would be a a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, even if I don't have him in lineups and I think I would just to, cause you want to root for the guy, you want to root for the story, you know, and, uh, it would be, it would be so much fun and only 7,400. I'm going to go a hundred dollars lower, uh, for a guy with who's young enough to be Steve Stricker's maybe no, not grandson, but son for sure. Uh, Chris got her up. Uh, you know, he just has the upside. Uh, we could, we see him finishing in the forties at the U S open and at the travelers in significantly better fields. Uh, it doesn't necessarily correlate. Well, now he's going to finish in the top 20 in this field, but we see that he can compete on tour and he probably has a very good feeling and he's probably taking this very seriously this week. And he thinks he can do well. And, and I do as well. $7,300. I like that a lot. We've got some money to spend now, so I'm going to spend not a ton, but I'm going to take my favorite upper tier play. I talked about him earlier. I just think there's a there's not much of a floor, not much of a high floor for most players this week. Uh, you look at him and you say, "Well, yeah, Webb Simpson, really good player, highest price in the field." Is there a scenario where Webb Simpson shoots 70, 69, and misses the cut over the course of two days? Yeah, absolutely, I can see that, and so. I want a guy with a high floor that's going to be around. I think Charles Howell III has proven that he is a cut maker. He is a paycheck casher. And so I want Charles Howell at 9,300. All right. I am actually trying to do the math here. This you would do, let's uh, confirm, 32.5 we've spent uh, so far? Correct. We have 17.5 left, yeah. Okay, so we've got almost 9,000 a guy. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I'm going to go kind of up high, not quite at 9,000, but I think this guy, we see him, like I said at the top, uh, this guy has great weeks and he has bad weeks. And that's Scott Stallings at 8,900. He was eighth last week at the Travelers. I would have liked him even if he had a bad Travelers week. He's been fifth here before, top five in this tournament before. He's been top 20 in nether year. Pretty good putter, pretty good average birdie or better percentage. I, I, I You know, He's a guy who could miss the cup for sure, but he's also a guy who could be on the first page of the leaderboard on Sunday. I like that. Stallings coming off a 63 on Sunday this past week. I think he's riding some momentum right now. We've got 8,600 left to spend. Adam Long is a guy who I mentioned earlier. He's at 8,600. I like him. In fact, looking at his recent results, I, I like him more than I thought I did, but I'm not spending up for him. I'm going to save some money. Remember, I think it's going to be a very weird week. So weird weeks, you do weird things. I'll leave 700 on the table. I'm going down to 7,900, taking a guy who was eighth at the Travelers last week. Before that, he was 27th at Colonial. Tends to play these shorter golf courses really well. He's finding his game once again. Ches Reevy has a nice intersection of recent form and course history here at TBC Deer Run. I'm going to throw him in. There we go. Gadara, Howell, Reevy, Stallings, Stricker. Todd, with 700 left on the table, what do you think? It could be anything. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it certainly could. (laughs) You know, I like it. I, I, you know, we'll we'll have a chance. It'll be it'll be fun to watch. Uh, You know, like we said, there's there's so many ways this tournament can go, which will be make it just uh, kind of fun to watch as well. So I, I like our chances. Hey, this is why we can watch these things now on a week when. Uh, your casual golf fan might say, you know what, maybe I'll actually hang out with the family on Sunday afternoon and I'll skip this golf event. 
Uh, I think that those of us playing DFS and those of us betting on it, hey, even more reason to get after it because the diehards maybe have a little bit of an edge, a little bit of an advantage this week knowing who all these guys are. So good luck to everybody out there with all your DFS plays this week. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. He's Len Hochberg. I'm Jason Silver. Remember, you can find us anywhere you find your favorite podcast every single week. Download, rate, subscribe, and listen. For Len, I'm Jason. Good luck with those DFS lineups. Here's hoping you hit the green.